have. So glad to be home. I locked the door. No politics. None. What are you talking about? Your dad and I are for the jobs the Comet will provide. Over the last two years of this pandemic, it's been abundantly clear that our response to emergencies is extremely lacking. Seen through the lens of COVID, a significant portion of the U.S. population has refused to admit that an emergency, in this case a pandemic, is actually happening. So what do I say to the science? I say I don't believe your science because I believe my God. The power structure, both the political and corporate side, are always looking for ways to profit and gain an advantage from the emergency. In the last quarter, the company's total sales reached almost $26 billion, $10 billion of that due to the vaccine. COVID deniers, mobilized by Republicans and Donald Trump, turned out in droves to protest there even being a response to the pandemic, especially if that response is uncomfortable or disrupts daily life in any way. I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got, no, that's okay. That's all right. You got your freedoms. Our corporate media, obsessed with ratings and ad dollars, are exceedingly careful about how they cover emergencies. You got During your freedom light-hearted of choice. science segments and sensationalized, but ultimately meaningless puff pieces, in other words, an endless strip of distractions. Quiet quitting is a really bad idea. If you're a quiet quitter, you're a loser. The science is ultimately politicized, and scientists get corrupted by government and corporate responses that are profitable, but ultimately not optimal. Some scientists delude themselves into believing it's preferable to be in the room rather than speaking out. This pandemic, of course, is a dress rehearsal for the climate emergency we are rapidly heading towards. The climate emergency will be far more intangible than a pandemic. The outcome is more uncertain, and seemingly disparate events will have to be linked by scientists who never want to say there is 100% probability to data. The lack of clear certainty in science is then used by anyone who wants to cast doubt on the emergency's existence. How many times have you heard that statement? Probably hundreds. It may seem like a compelling and scientific argument against fossil fuels, but it's one of the most illogical, unscientific arguments you can make. To see how, let's use this form of argument for another controversial product, vaccines. Adam McKay, after recent successes with movies like Vice and The Big Short, and critical acclaim for succession, tries to tackle our collective response to catastrophe in the 2021 climate apocalypse allegory, Don't Look Up. Adam McKay is in a very varied and interesting career. In the 1990s, he was head writer for Saturday Night Live, where he formed a lasting partnership with Will Ferrell. Together, they made Talladega Nights, Anchorman, Step Brothers, and the other guys. Where are you going? I'm going upstairs. Because I'm going to put my nutsack on your drum set. Okay? If you do that, I am warning you right now, if you touch my drums, I will stab you in the neck with a knife. Then Adam McKay decided to branch out, becoming more into the political activism side of filmmaking. This has fractured his relationship with Will Ferrell. We have covered Adam McKay's 2018 foray into political filmmaking when we did an episode on Vice a few months back. In both Vice and The Big Short, Adam McKay covered real stories about corruption and scandal. As the world becomes more and more confusing, we tend to focus on the things that are right there in front of us, while ignoring the massive forces that actually change and shape our lives. But Don't Look Up is not a biopic, but an allegory about things to come. 
Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence star as Kate Tibiaski and Dr. Randall Mindy, two astronomers who discover a comet set to hit Earth in six months and 14 days. They set out to warn the Trumpian president, Orlean, played by Meryl Streep, about the coming catastrophe that will occur when a large comet hits the Earth. Adam McKay is smart about keeping President Orlean's political party a mystery. She seems to echo Trump's Republican MAGA movement, but also has a picture on her desk with Bill Clinton. Jonah Hill plays the president's son, Jason, with some huge Don Jr. and Ivanka vibes. Is that a rock-solid 10 smoke show of a president or what? She wasn't my mother. After being ignored by the White House, Dr. Mindy and Kate leaked the information on a Good Morning America-type show hosted by Kate Blanchett and Tyler Perry. The insane, catastrophic information does not go over well. Expecting a lighthearted pop science segment about space, their appearance is a disaster. I'm sorry, are we, uh, are we not being clear? We're trying to tell you that the entire planet is about to be destroyed. Okay. okay. Well, it's, um, you know, just something we do around here. You know, we just keep the bad news light. Right, it helps the medicine go down. Orlean does not take the comet seriously until a series of scandals with her Supreme Court nominee, a former porn star she's having an affair with, again, could be Trump or Clinton, makes the distraction politically advantageous. So basically, basically what you're saying is you're about to lose the midterms because you got caught sending pictures of your cooch, your porn star, your boyfriend. So now it's to your advantage to act on the comet. Right. Okay. A real concrete response. The U.S. military aims to nuke the comet off course to direct it away from Earth is torpedoed when the cell phone slash tech magnate Peter Isherwell, modeled after a friend of show Elon Musk. Do you call me a businessman? You do own a corporation. Do you think I'm just a businessman? Do you think you know me? You would say? I'm not really a businessman. You're not a businessman? No? No. What are you? Um, I'm sure there's probably lots of analysts on Wall Street who agree that I'm not a businessman. Alerts the president that $7.1 trillion worth of rare earth minerals are on the comet. Yttrium, terbium, osmium, dysprosium, on and on and on. Um, but it sounds like it's big because it's called lithium ion, but it, it, it really, like our battery should be called nickel graphite. Capitalism wins out. This is America, after all. And a far riskier plan is conceived to mine the comet and then slowly break it into more manageable pieces. Dr. Mindy gets swept up by the Orlean administration. He is given fame, acclaim, and a new position in the government to keep silent. This ties him into the capitalistic and risky policy, which he goes along with under the classic, it's better to have me in the room logic as mentioned before. I have news for you. It's already a complete disaster. As the comet gets closer, it's increasingly clear that this non-peer-reviewed experimental policy will likely prove disastrous. As time ticks away, Dr. Mindy and Kate try to warn humanity that the end is nigh, breaking completely with the government. However, it's essentially too late, and the comet's existence becomes undeniable. Despite this, President Orlean continues to demagogue away with the Don't Look Up movement. They say they're better than... The 
cathartic and emotionally driven pleas to just look up, and Dr. Mindy and Kate's breakdowns are aimed at us as an audience, becoming increasingly futile. Every single man, woman, and child on this planet is going to die. I don't like him. He makes me sad. I'm sorry about that. At some point, they just serve to remind us that this is not normal. Unlike the stellar ensemble cast, we, in the year 2022, can still change things and avert disaster. Social media and the ways we react to and obtain information are the real point of satire in this movie. Yeah, yeah, this pin, this pin points both up and down. Because I think as a country, we need to stop arguing and, and, and virtue signaling, just get along. It's impossible to be in full crisis mode all the time, even with a fast approaching emergency. But the constant state of distraction and the drip of meaningless information is, at least in my opinion, this humble podcaster, untenable. Just look anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Conan Neutron, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, host of Britonic Reversal, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends is done touring until December 30th, but you can find all their music at neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Jerry Casale, also known as Devo's Gerald V. Casale. He's a co-founder of Devo, a music video director, and a solo recording artist with the new EP, The Invisible Man. I, of course, am your long-suffering host, Forrest Miller. Without further ado, let's get started. Yes, yes, indeed. Suffer on. <laughs> I, I suffered, uh, you know, making that 10-minute intro. I mean, it was almost <laughs> as long as the film itself, but I, I love it. It was a very apt summation. Uh, I, I especially love the Elon quote uh, that's almost exactly the same as the yeah, he's he said that he said that a bunch of times. He gets like real enraged, and he gets more and more annoyed as people are like, "You, I mean, you own a company," and he's like, "I'm not, I'm not a businessman. I'm something else. I'm a engineer." He, he said he's an engineer. He said he's like a manufacturer. He's a like anything but you know. Yeah, anything uh, but what he actually. It's like is. bones, yeah. you know. Try try to convince he's a everybody's a doctor by not by saying what he's not, except the other way around. <laughs> like, I'm not Jerry, a welcome. I'm a... <laughs> Yeah. he's not a businessman he's a businessman you know i'm a doctor not a bricklayer is my favorite uh my favorite uh, star trekism there jerry welcome to the show man it's so it's such an honor to have you closing out the year well i'm glad to be here uh is this movie the ultimate de-evolution movie i, I put it up there with idiocracy to a certain degree yeah you know I, I like adam mckay and i like his pivot to uh historical fact movies i i know we can't even talk about facts anymore but you know what i mean uh, uh, people who really existed and people who really did the things that are in the movies um i i thought they got stronger i uh i really liked the big short same i uh i thought vice was pretty strong but the big short was even better but 
don't look up. You know, it's look, everybody, everybody on camera right now, he's preaching to the converted. We're all there. It's a wanna like movie. There's nothing you can argue about with that movie except it should be a better movie. That's <laughs> um, no, what I mean is with that subject, you you know, look at Dr. Strangelove. Kubrick yeah. can take you to school there. This movie has a problem where he, he kind of, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but it's got a tone problem. And what I mean is, is there isn't just one tone in the movie. It, it keeps kind of mm. uh, unraveling itself. Like it's it's almost like it, it gets goofy sometimes, but then it's also like no, yeah. these are serious things, and it kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I also think it's a it's maybe a little overstuffed, and I I do like the yeah. movie, but I think there's like there's a few things like yeah, you could lose like about a half hour of this and right. you'd be fine. A lot of it, a lot of it seemed very, uh, like the, the social media parts of it, right? Like seemed very, it's trying to put us in the moment and trying to connect yeah, with us right. on that level. And right. I think that those parts could all have gotten lost because I don't think that, you know, showing us the social media, it's the same social media we have. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like I, like I get it, but like, you know, like all this stuff, like it's pretty funny when they turn it into a meme and stuff, but like, that's not, it, it, it is just like, it's a tonal shift. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all I had to say about that is that all the messaging is correct. There's nothing. I would argue with about his premise. It's just too much message, not enough movie. Uh, I, it only got a 56 on a Rotten Tomatoes score, right? 56%. Yeah, I mean, people lit it up when it came out. Like, it, it was, it was like to the point that I had people that were like, well, I know everyone hates this movie, but I was like, well, hold on. Everybody doesn't hate this movie. Like, that's right. just, that's just what the right. zeitgeist went against you because it's as subtle as a sledgehammer. It's like a sledgehammer to the right, face, right, right? You know, yeah. I mean, like, right. and that's the point of it, and that I think it's effective as a medium in that way, in the yeah. way that it's it's meant to agitate people, and the people that it agitates are it's meant to agitate. Like, it's not you're not going to reach Trump voters with this. No, they don't care. No, no <laughs> they exactly. they have, they're watching their movies or like you know like whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. which was the point he was making in this right. Movie. <laughs> but, I, but I think the idea of like kind of sh shaking up liberal complacency and even people like that quote unquote know better, uh, you know, it's very effectively lampooned. I like the fact that the president is sort of like half Hillary Clinton, half Donald Trump. Yeah. Like it's sort of like yeah. with a little, a little bit of Joe bit. Biden sprinkled on top. A little bit, a little bit. And, and then like the, there's a weird relationship with her son who's like constantly like <laughs> talking about how hot she is, which is just like, yeah. that's great. That's the, the kind of farce where I think it works really well. Yes. Right. Yeah, and it both centering us in the Trump era, centering us in the Biden era, like uh, making sure that like we understand that it's coming from there. I think that a lot of the more, uh, you know, the things that kind of hammered you on the head were meant to appeal to like normies that kind of need to be centered. And I don't know, as someone that like is converted into um, like, you know, understanding climate change, like understanding how much of a problem it is, like panicking about it. I don't know if like, uh, you know, we're pe the people that are most effectively, uh, like, like, I don't know if it reached people that uh, aren't, or I don't know how much people were um, affected by it. Like the, even film critics, right? Like they're in kind of liberal esque circles. Like if they hate it or if they love it, it's still the people that understand that something is going on, that there's a crisis. Right. Right. I uh, was thinking too about the uh, that uh, review of Strange Love that I shared uh, with our chat, um, which uh, sorry you didn't get to see that, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it was it was from 1964, right. and, and uh, it praised like uh, the technical strengths of the movie, but yeah. like when it actually got to the actual satire itself, it's just like 
I think it's a little too on the nose. <laughs> you know, all the liberals said about this movie. Yeah, and 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 again, to be explicitly clear, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school here. We live in nuanceless times now. Like nuance is gone. Like there, there's there's a niche market, like a specialty, like single source artisanal market for for nuance. But like we do not live in nuance times anymore. And this is not a nuance movie at, at all. It's not meant to be. And I think that that's what pissed a lot of people off about it. But like, well, yeah, we know. It's like okay, but even if you know, like having to portray like this, like I, I I get where it agitated a lot of people, and not in ways that maybe McKay expected. But I think that also it's notable that. Uh, Look at like the morning show, right? Oh, we like to keep things light around here. I mean, that's like what? Where's the lie in in any of this? Like, oh yeah, make sure there's a positive spin on this. Like, what? On, on a comet crashing to the earth? What's the positive spin? <laughs> well, and and I think I think the media parts of it, right? Like the the reaction to the media, the reaction to the yeah. political structure is the most effective part of it. Like he intrinsically understands the power structure, how they react to things, how culture reacts to things. Like right. that that's the part of the movie that hits it on the head. Right. Uh, whatever else. And and capitalism wins uh, in the dance with democracy, which it it has thoroughly. Yeah. We've uh, we don't have a democracy. In fact, we probably never really did, but there was always a, an illusion that was sellable to the public that we did. That's gone. Yeah. And, I, and it's, uh, that's a, you know, that, that's a harsh joke. That's <laughs> why the, 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 the best character to me is the tech billionaire that convinces them oh, yeah. they can make money off this. Company. Oh yeah. 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 So <laughs> mine it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I audibly, I think, uh, well, the first time I watched this, like when it first came out, I audibly like gasped and kind of like, like screamed a little bit when he was like, "Oh, well, we can, uh, we can mine the comet. There's a lot of rare earth minerals." And I was like, "Oh, fuck!" Like, <laughs> I finally laughed out loud. You know, I wanted to laugh in this movie, and I kept waiting. Why am I not laughing? Because it, it was too much like a piece of educational material. Uh, yeah, it, also it does... drops in the middle of the pandemic when uh, a lot of the stuff is very, very raw, right? Like right. Our response yeah, right. to emergencies, our response to catastrophe, it's very raw. And watching it again this time, I enjoyed it more because there was some distance, I think, to the worst parts of the pandemic. Like it didn't feel like it was hammering me as hard as uh, the first time with like, you know, the the uh, at, like comet deniers pretty much like yeah. exactly <laughs> echoing fucking COVID deniers, like all of that. <laughs> It was it was a smaller sledgehammer. I mean, I feel like in the same way when we covered Vice, because when we covered Vice, Andy and I got agitated because it was like, oh God, we know we lived it. Like Jesus, it's enough. And like that's not a subtle movie either. It's another uh, punch to the face, right? But but the point of him doing that was like, okay, but there's people that didn't live through that, and he didn't want it like lost to time and lost to history. And so I wonder if he maybe wasn't coming at it from the same sort of perspective with this film that like, yeah, just being as nuanceless as possible was was kind of baked into the whole thing a lot of it was also improv like he mm. let kind of he let all of the actors and i have this clip of meryl streep improving 20 phone calls uh, it's great she's have... fantastic in this as, as the yeah. horrible president she's <laughs> this is this it. is uh this is adam mckay talking a little bit about the um the the improv that she did but like he let everybody kind of just go wild and come up with their own lines for a lot of it so like i i think one reason that it could feel overstuffed is that it, it literally is a collaboration between like 60 something yeah. people that, that had like speaking roles all trying to like you know m uh, maneuver their own characters in this yeah no idea i asked her like have you trained in improv and it's like you forget it's meryl streep 
It's like, why does Superman have heat vision? Well, he's Superman. It makes no sense. He's from another planet. He's under a different sun. Why would you have heat vision? He's Superman. I don't, I don't know what I'm looking at here. There's just a bunch of green squares and a, a smudge. And action. Guess what happened? I went up three points in the poll. The scene that we were all excited about was the first Oval Office scene. Every single take we did with Meryl, she improvised a different phone call at the head of the scene that she was hanging up on. And it was kind of a tour de force of improv that I have never seen before. Because I am not exaggerating. She did 20 to 25 completely different absurd phone calls. You know, my son is older than you. You don't want implants. I know I had them, but I had them taken out. Look, <laughs> it's not, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not like, that look is over, you know? You don't look like a porn star anymore. Secret Service cleared the restaurant. We were the only ones in there. And they couldn't make it the way I like it? No, they know. I want, no, I say rare. When I say rare, I don't mean bloody. I don't want, I don't want any blood. I don't want anybody to see, you know, the wait staff, people see people eating, president eating blood on the, uh, okay, I gotta go. You wanna be a student? <laughs> Secret Service. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I got all these guys their job. Yeah, I could make that happen. I could make that happen. You learn English, you know? <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I got, you know, I, I got people here. Yeah, well, the results are what? Oh, no. Do I have to take an antibiotic again? <laughs> <laughs> Are you judging me? I'm the president of the United States, you fuck. Well, I improvised in Chicago for five or six years, and I'm not saying I was the greatest improviser ever, but I know how to do it. And I told Jonah, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do 20 or 25 of them. I could do six or seven. She didn't repeat any. <laughs> and roll out. <laughs> it was breathtaking. And it's all in the film. <laughs> <laughs> it's the extra 18 minutes and the, uh, and the, you know, the last cut scene. <laughs> I mean, not that it isn't good, but it's like, all right, it's one thing if you're making like a 12 part prestige television series and one thing if you're making a film, I mean, you got to kind of kill some of the children, so to speak, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to cut the movies need to be cut to the bone more. Pizzagate. <laughs> oh lord <laughs> uh what, what do you think jerry how do you think about uh her her, her president character do you think that's a think oh yeah i mean god character? meryl streep's so talented i mean you know it's cliche yeah. to say it but it's incredible yeah newsflash everybody she's yeah. talented yeah <laughs> i mean she's just really good and, and she's a really interesting person and i like that her president character is like uber media savvy and media driven like a la trump but then like you know weaponizes right. a lot of the the right. girl power <laughs> stuff as well and it's you know and and yeah. I, I i love when she has the rally and she's wearing the fucking uh because it's meryl street wearing like a baseball cap which is already kind of funny yeah. but like when she's like uh you know you know why they want you to look up because they're looking down their noses at you and it's just yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> that's a great line yeah yeah no, they have the dueling it's, rallies. It's great. Yeah, it all rings true. It all rings true because anybody that gets to the position where they're even running for president of the United States, 
doesn't have one ounce of innocence left. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's, you know, like you get some cronyism too, right? Like she's like getting her sure. star boyfriend in the Supreme Court, sure. which could it be yeah. any different than it is now? I don't know. I mean, which is the same joke that she just had with the Secret Service when she was on the phone with the guy. And she's yeah. like, yeah, I got all these people a job. I can, I can get you a job. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> and right. then her, her son, who's her chief of staff, uh, you know, shades of obviously the, the, the Trump children. Uh, and he's like just a petty, vindictive little brute. Yeah. You know, like where he, like Jennifer Lawrence's character, he just likes having her bagged, you know, for fun, for a laugh. Don, Don Jr. Yeah, Don Yeah, Jr. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don I Jr. Mean, was just... like mommy issues, though, which is kind of a, a way funnier uh, <laughs> right? thought than, like, you know, daddy issues Don Jr. <laughs> exactly. True. Yeah, the real Don Jr. I, I, is a little vexillitiness of uh, uh, Chelsea, too, just, just a touch of that. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, but, but I mean, do you think Jerry, like, like, as far as like setting it up, like that, like, this is the person who's like, you know, the shot caller for all of this, like, it makes sense. I mean, she's totally beholden to like the, the, the Peter Thiel, Elon Musk character sure. uh, in every way. Right. It's so. all the way it really is. As we all agree. I mean, what we've gotten to is, is, uh, by design, actually, it started for sure. It started during the Nixon era that uh, with the attacks on it public education, to destroy the public education system, to dumb down the population, because that is what uh, uh, benefits billionaires who don't want democracy and they don't want to pay taxes. And there used to be pushback against those guys. And now they've finally, just by staying at the table and persisting and slowly taking down all the guard posts that create a democratic society, and successfully, uh, starting with public education, they've made it so that you have the crowd going, don't look up. We're there. Right. Morons. Yeah. Yeah. Morons. And, and it's perfectly and encapsulated. People. It's perfectly encapsulated in the uh, Jonah Hill line in this when he's like, there's three kinds of people, you know, you guys, the working class, us, the cool rich, and then them. Like that line <laughs> yeah, is a perfect right. encapsulation of yeah. like this parasocial relationship that people seem to have with these billionaires and with uh, politicians that like yeah. obviously like really clearly fucking hate them. Like there's no way Trump wanted to hang out with the fucking, you know, obese, like kind oh, of no. fat cop guy that, you know, or whatever that like, you know, any, any of these I mean, guys like himself with no money right exactly yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing because he doesn't think of himself as like a guy like himself he thinks of himself as like he's a star he's he's, he's the protagonist of his I own always story loved that. i always love that you look at him and he would pass judgment on all these people yeah like and have this guy nicknames for him yeah, yeah. amazing well, like trump, he's hot trump, uh... Trump and every once in a while, he would get one. It's like, all right, that's a pretty good nickname, but you're still an asshole. <laughs> Trump put this out on True Social a while back and said, uh, oh when Elon Musk came to the White House, asking me for help on his many subsidized projects, whether it's electric cars that don't drive long enough, driverless cars that crash, or rocket ships to nowhere, without which subsidies he'd be worthless, and telling me how he was a big Trump fan and Republican, I could have said, drop down to your knees and beg, and he would have done it. Wow, that that's so that's that's and that's the Donald Trump uh, social media network, True Social, for yeah, people that, that he are made. blissfully unaware. <laughs> the one that he made uh, to stop people from getting censored, and then censored anybody that criticized him on it. J <laughs> Jerry, do you know that on that, like, instead of like a retweet, you retruth somebody, <laughs> which ah. I think is which I think is amazing to yeah. retruth. You can retruth Donald Trump. Fantastic. Yeah. It, Fake retruth. 
Fake retruth. <laughs> so wait a second. What, so why was he lighting up Elon? Just because like he was oh he he and Elon have or... a feud. He and yeah. Elon have a feud because Elon said that he wanted to vote for Ron DeSantis when uh, the whole Ron DeSantis <laughs> thing was going on. Uh, so he yeah, couldn't yeah. attack DeSantis yet. Like this was before that happened. So he right. ripped into Elon as like a proxy. As a proxy. For <laughs> okay, I got, I got, I and and I, because I, you know he's like he, there, there's the whole thing with he uh, Elon reinstated him on Twitter to be like look Trump's back guys and then Trump hasn't tweeted. Because he's like, yeah, I got my, I got my own playpen now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, but mean, I, I love the, Elon yeah. Musk. Come on, he's yeah. he's an agent of chaos, and he's a right wing authoritarian guy. But and also, also, his rocket ships do the... go nowhere, and like his cars do, like like all the things that he mentioned are all true. Did you see that latest piece of footage out of China with the uh, Tesla that's uh, on autopilot with with no driver? Mm-hmm. And they're testing it there the real way, and it it just keeps accelerating, and it wipes out <laughs> two or three cars and three pedestrians. <laughs> no, it's real. No, I believe it's, you. That's real. And I then totally it finally plows into like a a farmer's market stand and blows up. They uh they seem to uh combust a lot. And the terrifying thing about the lithium ion batteries is that you can't put them out with water. Like right. that, that doesn't work. So right. like, you know, firefighters will come and try to yeah. put like people will get burned alive in, in Tesla's because, uh, you know, once it's on fire, like you have to have a special chemical process yeah. to like get the fire out. They seem to like spontaneously combust a lot. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't know, but like, I don't think that, you know, that's very good in a car. I don't think that's and, what you're that like. Made I don't think that's like optimal. Might impact <laughs> sales. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little I don't believe but in human, I- uh, you know, in combustion. I do believe in Tesla combustion. <laughs> but i think the uh the billionaire character like the fact that he's got these like mining drones right and and that like you know a bunch of them like explode on range my favorite is the one that like rockets into the other one and explodes and like yeah, yeah. At the, like at the, there is just obviously none of this technology works it's all flawed <laughs> none of it does what's supposed to and, and i think they're all i mean a lot of those are based on like the real uh spacex fails that they've had like oh, sure yeah, yeah. so like they they literally mirror um actual like times his rockets have exploded <laughs> which which is know. and it's like what he's he was was he the one that shot the car into into space or was that yeah the one? I can't remember. oh yeah yeah long yeah yeah that's still going that's still going we'll be there to long past all of us being gone I'm sure <laughs> I, I know what's the sun has its heat death David Bowie song will still be out there so <laughs> right, we'll still be playing. <laughs> But I think, yeah, like, but, but that's one of the things that like, that works for me in this film. Like the fact that like, yeah, the, first of all, they, they, they're sending up the, like the Ron Perlman, the sort of like, oh, you know, he's from a different generation. Like the, the, the race. The Dr. Strangelove character, really. Military. Like, that's what yeah. I was going to say. The Dr. Strangelove sort of stand in who's like, has, and that, that's where some of the ad lib works. Like, I, I'm sure like the, yeah, like the, the, the Indians, you know, the ones with the bow and arrows and the, and the other ones. Why didn't they ever get together and like <laughs> team up? That'd be great. Like, that's like, I love that. That's amazing. That's the parts that can oh, stay. Or the, the part where he's like, you got like a children. Have you ever seen the inside of a man's torso? <laughs> and it's like the president's uh, physical fitness thing. And they're like these grade school kids. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, that's, but it definitely, it definitely feels that. like they're like almost saying that they're going past. I mean, you know, this is like a modern day satire. So it's like, they have the Doctor Strange love uh, standing, yeah. and they cancel his they cancel his flight in order to or like you know his. Yeah. Uh, is it turning around? Oh no, it's changed trajectory. No, it's definitely turning around. You know that's that's, that's a good move. Yeah, that's and then at the end, when well. he's just shooting at the the comet. Yeah, but I, I like that because of 
the the wherewithal and the why and the why is like hey we can make money on this right like this this is like don't blow it up we can make money that and that's sort of like the uh, and and right. the the minerals that i mean they kind of make up made up the minerals in this but like the rare earth minerals that they use for that kind of stuff like for cell phones a, and like whatever a, else a yeah. decades long cobalt ore in uh in the congo yeah. that we've like you know yep. facilitated yep. in order to get rare earth minerals we're always trying to get more minerals the the coup in bolivia uh in 2019 was over the lithium mines that uh you know china and russia had put in bids for with Evo Morales, like, the, and and Elon Musk was like on Twitter gloating about that when they removed him. Like, it's <laughs> right, uh, yeah. yeah. So like, the, it's very real that you know that why why wouldn't they want to just fucking mine the uh, <laughs> the comet is heading towards us, right? And, and that's where. Oh, go ahead, Jerry. Sorry. No, I'm just each of you are you're naming all the good bits in the film. Yeah, you know, it's all it's almost like a comic with one liners. Again, the problem was the way it didn't. Met. Oh, it yeah. didn't it, it didn't transcend like again like strange love there wasn't one thing as funny as no fighting in the war room right oh the, yeah one of the all-time great lines right i mean amazing yes <laughs> i've, used, and, but I've there's, used that in more than one intro i think for, for <laughs> but but i think there's also like where i think where it really succeeds so first of all strange love seems downright quaint by comparison to me in some ways because there's no uh public private partnership Right. Like, and that's, that's the thing that this totally nails. And like, obviously it's a huge crux of the movie. It's a major plot point. It's essentially the reason why like the, you know, the earth is doomed. Right. Uh, but how could it have? Because you we couldn't have predicted that things would get that bad back then. And it's, you know, yeah. Or I couldn't have. It, well, and it's also and the fixation <laughs> on, it's the fixation on one thing at a time too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, nukes are the most terrifying thing in, uh, you know, the 20th century. I still find them terrifying. Most people have learned to live with them at this point. <laughs> and now it's like climate change, which is going to be a all systems failure, right? Like it's not going to just be, uh, you know, something heading towards us. Like, uh, climate change is going to be everything all at once, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, and it's going to all happen in, in ways that like you're going to have to connect without actually connecting because scientists never like to be like, Hey, yeah, that's because of climate change. They're like, well, you know, we have to do more research into it, but we're modeling that, you know, as the climate gets worse, this happens. Yeah. And it's like, it's a lot, it's, it's intangible. And uh, you know, it's good to be like, Hey, a tangible thing heads towards us, a pandemic or a, comet or something you know what i mean heads towards us and there's one problem and people are just denying that that's a problem i don't right. know how you would do a, a satire that you know actually tackles climate change is what it is like hey everything's gonna fail at once like everything is going to get bad in all possible ways like, but it's, yeah, but comes it's... back in through the fucking permafrost and like people start getting yeah. affected with diseases that were like you know that frozen woolly mammoths had and shit like there's so much that's gonna happen at the same time yeah. that's already happening uh, i don't know how you how you would tackle all of those things. Uh, well, I mean, in a whole, in a society that is so dumbed down that everything is like WWF. It's like, you know, world <laughs> wrestling federation. Whereas like, there's a guy in a white hat, you know, in a cowboy outfit. And then the, the bad guy comes into the ring dressed like a biker and the crowd picks one of them to go for, you know, that yeah. that's where we're at. So unless they had a character named climate change, you know, <laughs> here comes climate change. <laughs> boo, boo. It's, right. the, uh, it's the puppet, you know, right. they, they name the puppet on TV that he's screaming right. at climate change. He's exactly. <laughs> Which is yeah, that Sesame Street knockoff. That's great. I mean, like, I think for me, one of the great Devo moments in this movie is like when they they like the segment before their first 
um, media appearance, Jennifer Lawrence and um, um, DiCaprio's character. It's like the Ariana Grande characters, like, oh, yeah. like a, and like that's like the A block story, and like that's like the thing that everybody's trending. And there's a great little moment where like one of his sons is like, "Oh, it just purchased the, the new single from that guy." What? I didn't tell it to do that. That's that's a great little moment because of course yeah. you know harkens back to the U two unrequested U two record. Uh, but I mean, to me, that's like classic Devo moment. I mean, yeah. did you do you agree, Jerry? I mean, or do you think it's oh no, yeah. it's, it nails it. And, and just like all of these folks that are just like celebrity obsessed, but like any news that gets in, it's almost accidental, especially if it's bad news. Right. You know, we, we like to have positive spins on things. Right. <laughs> I like the uh, I like the Ariana Grande line where uh, he looks at her and he's like, I heard about your boyfriend and you. I'm, I'm so sorry. And she's like, mind your fucking business, old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It just he turns immediately. Yeah, yeah which, which you know, that's not the first time Leonardo DiCaprio's heard that line. Hey, everybody. <laughs> well, usually he kicks the, usually, uh, you know, he kicks the girlfriend out before he hears that line. But well, yeah, but you know, the thing about Leonardo DiCaprio, no matter how old he gets, his girlfriend stays the same age. <laughs> there you go, uh, Jerry. Do you have? So we're talking about all our favorite moments from this movie. Do you have? I mean, I know it's a mixed result for you. Do you have? Do you have a specific scene or anything that you could you could pick out of something that you dig from here? No, no, I, I I'm in agreement with you. I know I'm boring today, uh, but but I I do like just about every bit of the monologue of the tech billionaire that, that oh, yeah. you know cons them into the into the big experimental cure. You know that'll make money. Yeah, and, and, and I think the way that they the way that they frame the making money, right? He's like uh, he's talking about how like oh we're gonna feed people and you know it's gonna be amazing. Everyone's like we're gonna solve world hunger, which yeah. is always the thing. And it's like yeah, but like why aren't you doing that now, motherfucker? Like, right. Right. like <laughs> money. Like, <laughs> we all know why. Yeah, I mean we don't we don't need. Isn't that funny? What Bezos and and Musk, you know, and and they they could do it now. Yeah. It's, it's, Instead of taking these rides to the fringes of weightlessness for uh, 30 seconds and coming back and then jumping out of the capsule in a cowboy hat. I love that. That was the best. Bezos in a cowboy hat. Yeah. Well, he's, he's just a guy, you know, he's just a guy like that. One of my favorite Bezos has just a guy things is when he ate that bizarre lizard. Like, did you, do you guys remember this? There's a, it's an iguana. He's eating it. It's an iguana. Yeah. And he, he like yeah. ate this iguana. There's a picture of him, like, you know, like, with like I, I'm I, in my mind's eye, he has like a cartoon, like knife and fork, but he's next to this, like iguana that's been braised and uh, it's very relatable. Let me tell you. To, to, uh, to be clear, <laughs> if you've ever been, if you've ever been to a place with a lot of iguanas, they like if you're in a place with mad iguanas, they're everywhere. Like there's a oh, my roommate used to have one. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm very familiar. There's times I, I definitely uh, want to serve it I've up. Been, I've been sure. to like Vieques in Puerto Rico a bunch of times. Like iguanas are just like, like iguanas there, are like squirrels here. Like there's which yeah. people also eat squirrels here, I guess. So there he goes, normal guy pesos. <laughs> iguanas are frightening. I mean, they're fast. Yeah. yeah. They are, you're not going to get big. away from an iguana that wants to get you. And they have serrated teeth, which will yeah. make you sick and die. So they yeah. can eat your flesh later. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> how uh, how do you feel, Jerry, about the, uh, the I guess, epilogue? Are we calling it an epilogue at the end of it? Where they, uh, they, they, the ships go to the other planet and the, you know, they're, they're, they think they escaped oh, everything. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Meryl Streep gets eaten by the gigantic bird, like the uh, right. what are they, it was called? The uh, Bronter, the Bronter Rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
that was just ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's um, it's your feel round. good feel good ending. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I also love the, the little detail of the tramp stamp too. Yeah, I was like, nice touch, you know. Yeah, middle street for the tramp stamp. Yeah. No, you know that that that's it's good because it's like, you know, a lot of us who are not believers think that when we die it's the end, you know, and uh, the the joke would be if it isn't, <laughs> you know, like yeah, you, oh yeah yeah yeah, jokes on us. <laughs> like you do come back, and, yeah, and you know you're you're some poor Central American migrant trying to make it across the border, right? You know during during covid you know and uh well, and you're the you know like it's meryl streep's like character or something like that like uh you know demagoguing on the border and then coming back you, as a fucking, you know as a migrant on the border like I, I i mean you know a lot of buddhists believe in like reincarnation and stuff yeah, and yeah, i mean i i yeah. could i could i could see it because there's a you know a finite amount of life on earth i could see like a respawn function or something like that but <laughs> <laughs> well we talked i mean we talked some of this some of these concepts last episode with my friend gary witta who wrote book of eli and the fact that he is not a believer he's a stone cold atheist but like like he has a great line and i forget, I forget i'm gonna paraphrase it but it's like you know it, it must be so comforting to believe like i don't i don't believe in that but it must be great for the people that do and Certainly. you know like that must be that sounds awesome i don't have that <laughs> It's uh, I mean, it's pretty interesting that uh, you know, God always seems to line up with whatever the person already thinks, though. You know what yeah, I mean? It's very it's convenient. Like, oh, I don't, I don't like these kinds of people, and it's like just like God, and it's like, <laughs> oh, God agrees with you a hundred percent. That's what you're trying to tell me. Like, you don't like gay people, and now God doesn't like gay people. Like, that's your, that's your, uh, your pitch for this. Like, yeah, he's a, you know, he, he's a God that disagrees with whatever I, I, I'm feeling today. You know, if I'm sad, yeah. God's sad. Well, you know, God, <laughs> you know, it's like a. A dick rubbing contest, you know. I got, my, <laughs> I got my God, you got your God. My God's gonna kill your God because my God's yeah. better. My dad's gonna beat terrible. up your dad, like. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I, I always say, uh, God, thank you for your healing gift of religion. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, and uh, it was interesting talking about Book of Eli with you know religion, kind of like the first thing they do is burn the Bibles because they're like, no, religion caused all this, and it's like, it, yeah, it probably did. Like, <laughs> motherfuckers probably, exactly. like, nuked each other because, you know, uh, one group of people moved here, another group of people moved here, and uh, they, you know, it, it just there, didn't work there out. Is like, nothing worse than fundamentalism. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's like it's like when Detroit had the big three. We have the big three. You know, we got Christianity, Judaism, and Muslim. So we got we got it. We got and they the all and we don't we don't triangle. seem to register we don't seem to register that uh, they're you know Jewish and Christian fundamentalists as much as we do Muslim fun fundamentalists. We're like, well, you know, like the Ayatollah, and it's like, yeah, yeah but like you guys have people right like right within yeah, like, the power structure. What and about Jerry Falwell? Thing, what about uh you know Pat? What about Hannah? George W. Bush, who literally <laughs> you know? said God told him to invade Iraq? Like, yeah, again, That's another thing of, like God told you to do exactly what you wanted to do anyway. Like, <laughs> he's like, no, no, what about God told me to do this. What about Jihad Jerry? Yeah, well, <laughs> remember, his wasn't a holy war. This is not a holy war, no. Jihad <laughs> Jerry didn't get the love. Of, you know. It was a satire, obviously, on exactly what we're talking about here, where I said, mine is not a holy war, you know, and there's a, a 60-year-old guy in a turban that looks like Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. You know, it was about that real. 
I tried to make it pretty ham-fisted obvious. And boy, I got threatened by, you know, kind of MAGA-style jock guys and by Muslims. Yeah, and 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 this member and you were nice enough when you were on last Jerry Bertonic to talk about uh, the stand-up act right. as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is all after nine eleven, guys. By the way, uh, for, yeah, the, for those that don't know. Yeah, I didn't wait long enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the opening line was, "I was in your city of Chicago last week. What a beautiful skyline." You know, and I have, I have a, a full head Osama bin Laden rubber mask on that Mark Mothersbaugh brought back from Paris. <laughs> yeah. Didn't go over I mean, so well. People people weren't people weren't in a real jokey mood, you know. I oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, it's funny that like dying elevens become the punchline to so many jokes this far out. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's almost it's almost impossible to like remember that at one point if you like you, you could just you could just, you could literally just I mean the word of the day, demagogue. Like you just demagogue by like, getting on a fucking stage and being like nine eleven, let's get them, yeah. and then everyone just like <laughs> oh yeah. That's like, because yeah. there are people they're doing the other kind of demagoguery, people like Rudy Giuliani, who is back to being a joke, thankfully, but was like not considered a serious person for a long time. But then he became America's mayor and like got put on all the TV shows and like made excellent use of his media training to uh, <laughs> push his his demagoguery forward. And the fact that like, again, what is it? What what do fascists do? What's one of the first things they do to crack down on like jokes and comedians and stuff like that? Right. right? Tack the media. Yep. Tack free press. And I and mean, then like the next thing is like you like you, so that all you have left is just like the official message and like sports right, and like yeah. that and then once you have that then you can build like nationalism and jingoism and, and put it to your causes. I mean not to get all serious on this, but like like that's what was happening around nine eleven is that they literally like remember Gene Garofalo was one of the only people that was like with any notoriety whatsoever that was allowed on that wasn't pro war. That's the world that we lived in. Now I feel like we're talking about Vice again. But anyway, uh, like, right. well, I, I I think we watched it when we talked about Vice. There was the uh, clip of um, Biden, who also had his own his own uh, demagogue moment. It was just you know a decade before oh, yeah. before yeah. fucking nine eleven. He uh, he just roasted really Rudy Giuliani when he ran for president in two thousand seven by being like yeah. Rudy Giuliani only says like three things: a noun, a verb, and nine eleven. And yeah. he just like <laughs> that. That was what kind of when they were back to dismissing him back down the fucking pipeline. Like, nah, get back down there, gremlin. Like, you're not, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you've had your moment. But, but I do love that. Uh, shifting back to the music, I do love. I think the G.I. Jerry record's actually great, and I'm glad that you actually reissued it under your own name, under uh, uh, Devo's Joe yeah. Bicasali, because I think that, yeah. like the songs, the songs right. work. The G.I. Right. Jerry character maybe less. No, less I, I learned my lesson. <laughs> I. I I was I did an interview back then at Sirius XM and the guy really liked the lead off track. The time is now and said, you know, I mean, if this was Devo, I'd be playing the hell out of it right now. Yeah. And I go, well, I was half a Devo. And he yeah. goes, yeah, but I'm not going to play Jihad Jerry. Are you kidding? You think I'm crazy? <laughs> and that was that. But they did have that like there was that banned list of uh, songs that like they wouldn't let the the you know the Clear Channel or whatever they call it the Viacom whatever whatever they are now uh, right they would they wouldn't you can't play any of these songs that are basically anti-American that are, and like, some of them weren't even anti-American it's no. like one of them was uh, uh fucking Louis Armstrong you know Beautiful yeah. World 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's a great song. Like, like fucking play it. Yeah. Maybe but we're talking, we're talking so much about it. In the land of the free. In the land of the free. Exactly. Uh, we're, since we're talking about media and media training and like how everyone's obsessed with telegenics here. Uh, I, I'm just fascinated, Jerry. You, you've been such an astute observer of all things culturally um, and how media has evolved. Like we, we covered broadcast news on this show, the, the movie broadcast news, right, right, right. and how it was like, oh, no, this isn't news. This isn't news. This, this is like something else. And then now it's like, no, that is news now or what people call news. And so to like see all of that from you know, uh, from as, as a young man to now that it has to be, I mean, uh, horrifying on some level, but, uh, well, I mean, it, it went beyond our worst prognostications. I mean, the evolution is so real. <laughs> it's biting me in the ass because it, it's gotten beyond what I imagined. Yeah. I mean, did you ever think you could possibly get this, <laughs> this rough? No. I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's it's over, over, over. That's what I, that's what I have to say. It is just over. I mean, who who, who owns the big news? You know, groups. If, when you look at the twenty four seven news cycle and who the big guys are and who's who's behind it, all they're doing is sowing chaos and disinformation to numb the public who is too dumbed down to be able to analyze information. They can't, they, they can't make sense of it. They go for sound bites. They're like children grabbing at toys. And it works. And who does that benefit? Oh, geez. Uh, the few billionaires that run everything, maybe? Yeah. And something, something that doesn't get talked about enough, I think, uh, and we're on it right now, so I can't even, uh, you know, can't talk too much shit about it but like jeff bezos literally owns twitch like right. it's his yeah. it's his like platform and like everybody talks about the washington post obviously and you know they're they have like the biggest tech section and it's like yeah you have the biggest tech section that's you know uh, now a mouthpiece for fucking one of the billionaires like it's kind of crazy that we allow that but okay oh, no, he's the good billionaire the other ones are bad he's the good one <laughs> honestly compared he's, to not, uh, he's some not, of them yeah he is kind of good <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah well, compared to SCOTUS, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. If you want to look at a cabal, if yeah, you want to look yeah. at lifetime know, look, appointment. It's like yeah. a there's like fundamentalists in charge. Evil fundamentalists. Yeah. Oh yeah, Christian fundamentalist in charge of SCOTUS, shoving everything down our throats. It's yep. it's uh it's honestly insane also that Clarence Thomas's wife was the one that was like leading the charge on the stop the steal thing, which and is a case that next year uh you know they're gonna have to rule on election laws or and whatever. He's, and he refused to recuse himself. Yeah, and they're like, Well, what can we do? He refused to recuse himself. It's like you can't fucking get rid of like you can't do anything, like he's just in there, and they're like, Well, I don't know, like he could die at some point. And it's like Well, I mean, that's the lesson, kids, isn't it? I mean, for anybody who's still halfway functioning and awake is like, look at what's going on. There are no consequences for bad behavior. There's no consequences for intolerance and fascism. These tyrants are running the show and they are a minority. Well, gee, where does that remind you of? You want to go back to Germany in the 30s? People go, that's a ridiculous comparison. No, it's not. It is not a ridiculous comparison. It's where we're headed now. And, and in fact, I think it's happened. 
Well, but in the absence of, of actual these... justice, people will settle on catharsis, and that's that's what people have settled on, and that's you know, call it what you will, but like, you know, it, it that, that's when people are have hope taken away from them and the ability for recourse, they'll take it any way they can get it, and so what they have is empty catharsis on these walled gardens owned by uh, corporate entities. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. if you look at, uh, I mean, like speaking of de-evolution, really, like, um, you know, like reading Marx or anything like that, right? Like capitalism is seen as like the, you know, what comes out of feudalism. Like you have to abolish feudalism. It seems like we're heading back towards feudalism. Like, oh, we're, absolutely. We're like instead of, uh, you know, progressing as a society, like we're just heading back. I mean, America was never really uh, feudal in that sense, I guess, because it was, you know, colonized after that happened. But like, you know, still, like, it seems like we're heading backwards rather than, uh, well, you know, evolving towards whatever the next absolutely. stage of society is. Cool. Like, corporations cool. own the majority of the real estate. Like, Bill Gates is now the largest landowner in the fucking country right. or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's getting, yeah. uh, it's getting no, dicey right. out there. Full speed into the past. I mean, what we do have is corporate feudalism. Yeah. And again, that that's what so many... Films that like post World War II even that uh, sort of talked about the rise of like autocrats and authoritarian uh, folks and whatever. What they got, what I got wrong is he couldn't have predicted the fact that like, oh no, just like how people would just internalize uh, the fact that all of our data is bought and sold over and over again until the end of time, and that's just accepted now. Ever since the Patriot Act, which was government, but it wasn't Big Brother. <laughs> What's a big brother you need to worry about, right? Like it's it, it's like all these 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 corporations that like no, it's like that's just what they do. Your data is you are the product, everybody. Yeah. Congratulations, you are the product. And and it happens. I mean, the the change happened uh, slowly enough that everyone kind of just got used to it. Like they're like that's they're how your, like yeah, they're like they're selling your data, and everyone's like yeah, I know, but like frog in the in the uh, boiling pot of water, right? Like that's un under the delusionary uh, uh, guise of of the brand freedom. Is how they did it. Right, they exactly. A, oh, you're they free. A, free. They put a happy, happy face on it and sold it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, freedom of choice, right? Yeah. You guys, you guys talk about that. <laughs> what you got, freedom from choice, is what you want, and it was true. And that's what what I always disliked. Some of some of the covers of that is that they would forget the they would yeah, forget or not realize the yeah. key element. Which which yeah. is the turnaround at the end? That's what makes that song like epic. That's, well, what makes that's it like singing it. "Beautiful World" and going "For You, For You, For You," <laughs> and me too. And yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> Adam Adam Curtis did that really good uh, Edward Bernays like series of documentaries or whatever at one point, and I don't I haven't watched all of them, but like I remember that one of them that he talked about was uh the idea of like um like personalizing products in the 1960s where it was just like yeah. oh like you know you could be this color like you could get your favorite color suitcase or you could get your favorite color this or that like as a marketing technique to be like well there's so much stuff out there now like you've really been able to express yourself by buying shit yeah. oh, like, you got all these things your, it's, yeah. it's express every identity your things really say more about you than any words ever could don't they <laughs> that's that's freedom of choice Absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and you know, like, look, it, it's this is this is something that uh, continues to. We are indeed through being cool, Stevie. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we we're uh, we've dealt with this for a long time, but it, it's in such an accelerated motion now that I, I think that right. this movie is the only possible. This is the only possible farce that we could have now. And that includes the overstuffing and the overwhelming nature of it. Now, uh -huh. I'm I I agree, and I, we've said on this film that I, I do enjoy this film. I think 
I get when people don't. I get like when people like are like it's too much or yeah, I get all this, et cetera, et cetera. But it's it's supposed to be loud and obnoxious because everything else is loud and obnoxious. Yeah, how I feel about it. But Jerry, since you do work with film and you're noted estate, I mean, uh, Forrest, Andy, I don't know if you know, but like the whole human highway thing, like that's a, this incredible story. People can seek out Protoncoversal to hear Jerry talk about <laughs> that because uh, it, it's worthwhile in and of itself. Let's say you were in he the room. Bug. With uh, well, I'm just I'm just saying there's not time to talk talk about it right now. But Adam McKay uh, and, and the director and you were like, okay, we have to, we, we, you're going to give your say on this. We're going to edit this the way you want to. What would you edit out of this? I know. I, I'm not saying that I could have done better. I, um, right. No, it, I. It's, it's tough. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I I I try. I would try. Yeah. I, I just found some of it too glib and. And I try. And I try. Some of it was too glib and some Hold of on. it was too childishly ridiculous. And I would I would try to set a tone and stick with it. Maybe that would have been too boring, but that's what I would have tried to do. Do you think you try uh, to keep it more in the serious tip or kind of keep like that black comedy going? Black black or? comedy. Black yeah. comedy. Through and through. Yeah. More I Tyler Perry characters, you mean? I would want to be, I would want to, I want people to laugh. I would, maybe yeah. I'd need a focus group. I want to see people laughing and yeah, I have, wanted have to deal. laugh. Yeah. I wanted to laugh at this film and I didn't until the billionaire tech guy's monologue. Right. Katie from the, the chat says, I think Sorry to Bother You is kind of a similar movie, but at, le but at least slightly better. I think Sorry to Bother You tonally is similar as well. I, I that is a, a funnier movie than this. Like, I don't, I don't think anyone's putting on don't look up to laugh for sure. But there are there are things that are funny about it, but it's it's not really a laugh out loud. Yeah, not kind of not a belly laugh. Another yeah, uh sorry to bother you is another movie I screamed at in the theater, but that was when the fucking uh Equisapien <laughs> fell out of the fucking oh, stall. Yeah. I went I was in the I was in the movie theater, I went, ah <laughs> I can't wait to see what Boots Riley does next because that that's uh, has to be Same. one of the most fantastic debut films I've ever seen. But yeah, like it's it's but it's tough to I see what you mean because it like it starts off being like so super serious. So they find the common and they they, they take it over and then they're like the first indica indication we'll talk about in a second, Comrade Gumby. Uh I just want to say Comrade Gumby aloud, by the way. But <laughs> you, uh like it's so super serious, and then like the first kind of like, huh, what is that like when the, the general gets the snacks for them? Yeah, and and like charges them. And you're like, what? <laughs> and then she yeah. says, she says hilariously fixated on that, which I think should have been more prominent as a bit through it. And then it's sort of like, okay, then you like get introduced to like the Oval Office and then like it kind of, right. okay, we're doing like a strange love. All right, that's fine. But it kind of starts off for, like, that's like the first 20 minutes of the movie. It's pretty serious. Yeah. And like, it doesn't, it, it like, it's almost like you don't have permission to laugh established early enough, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think it should have been done maybe all like that and 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 uh in other words something that would get trumpers watching it and it just slowly without changing the tone because of the action and because of what's going on it morphs yeah backwards on them right right they're totally in they're bought in it's like bruce willis is going to ride the comic right <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah 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 you should, have, uh, you should have made up with Will Ferrell, got him in there in the beginning, you know. Fucking yeah. Chuds love Will Ferrell, even if he's not on their side. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and like I think, yeah. 
I, it's tough because I think the problem that uh, McKay had is that there was just too much. There was just too much. And he wanted to make a movie that was too much, but he had too much in the movie about too much. There you and go. Like, I think also the insane filming process, right? Like uh, COVID started weeks before they were supposed to start filming. They created like a bubble around themselves. They had this huge cast of, you know, dozens of people that were like, uh, that had to get like uh, contact tracing if they got sick. Like they had to be tested every day. Like when they got onto set, like it was this huge operation. And I feel like uh, he wanted to create like a collaborative um, process for everybody. And because of that, it's just ideas kind of flying around everywhere. Yeah. He like sequestered himself. Whoops, sequestered himself in like a bubble or whatever, and like uh, well, and once you go in there for the beginning of it, and like, <laughs> well, what, what you've all been saying too is that the film is in a way a case in point. That is, it is in substance exactly what it's talking about because of where we are at as a culture right now, where you got the the kind of like jaded hip wazi you know, culture that, that would watch this film, the demographic that's so, you know, advanced and tech and aware of everything and influencers is that, that they're too hip to, to even take this seriously. Yeah. Because they've already gone, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what would happen. The world's going to end. Yeah. Okay, so what? You know, give me the next thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's not think, enough. Uh, exactly. I think, I think Clarence Thomas got Andy. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. So okay. So the, you bring up a good point, Jerry, because like I think the uses of social media in this, I actually like it. Like, and I like the fact that like it adds to this the absolute banality and uh, just forced perspective on things right. that are not remotely important culturally. Uh, in in actual people's lives and protect you know, material difference. So on that, Forrest, do you want to tell your story about Twitter? And uh... um, should I wait till the after party? I feel just like tell now. Really tell now. Tell now. Oh, get the big. Well, so I got. I got. Um, when the stuff with Kanye was going on a few weeks ago, I got my third Twitter account suspended um, because I called Tim Pool a mongoloid. And uh, because he said that <laughs> Kanye, he said that Kanye was going to run for president and win in 2024 or something. And then like an hour later, Kanye was like, I love Hitler. And like, that was when that <laughs> was happened. Which so is I an said, actual thing. So I, That's said an actual to, thing. I said to Tim Pool, uh, I said, and he wore a hat and he had a job, but brought home the bacon. So no one knew he was a mongoloid. It was a mongoloid. His friends were unaware. And then like a day later, my Twitter account got taken down. For wow. That. Yeah. For just quoting lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Just, just literally quoting lyrics, but I, I, I thought you might get a kick in it because I know you don't. You I, haven't done Twitter for a while, so no, I, 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 I don't blame it. you. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> but the the guy, the guy, I don't know if you know who Tim Pool is. He's like this pseudo. You're better off not. No. They yeah, got yeah. Uh, famous during Occupy and then went right wing or whatever. He's a fucking moron. But uh, his whole thing is that he's been wearing this beanie since. Uh, so he literally he, he wore a hat. He has a hat. Yeah. yeah, that that's because he's fun. balding and he's like uh, you know doesn't want anyone to know that. And he has, has a few pictures of him that people like post back to him that you know where he's clearly balding without a hat. But like so he the, the lyrics fit him perfectly. I don't know why I got taken down. Yeah. I'm, uh, I've been censored so much I, for free I, speech. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, we do not have free speech. No, yeah. no, it's, it's it's conditional at at, at, the, at the very best. Uh, I think that uh, I I like how <laughs> how Leo's character, like between the two of them, like you see like how they like when they go in the media to talk about hey everybody giant comic the world the world's about to end and they just don't like Jennifer Lawrence's character's delivery that like oh she's annoying. 
Right. <laughs> like she's trailing. Exactly. We don't want we don't want to hear yeah. from her. She's bumming everybody out. Yeah, yeah, but but then like he's he's like more measured in his tone. Is like, oh yeah, we want let's hear from that guy. Let's hear, let's hear, let's let's have him on. He's like the hot and, he, and he's also hot and like you know because he's obviously yeah. fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. But like you know he's just the the whole time they're like, oh, it's sexy asteroid man. I'd fuck him. And it's like right. that's what you're getting out of this, just <laughs> right, which is amazing. That's where I think it succeeds so well because it's because you're like, oh, and then like he ends up you know cheating on his wife with like the hot Kate Blanchett perfect. Uh, character you know great and that's and and the thing the thing about Kate Blanchett's character is like which is the, the the case with all of these kind of uh pseudo pseudo i guess shallow kind of elite figures in the media and stuff like she has three masters degrees she speaks four languages she's like slept with two yeah. presidents like the his her whole pedigree right is like uh far more far more cultured than like the uh superficial character she plays on TV and far more cynical to be honest like well, uh, and the, when point. they're having the pillow talk and they talk about like okay tell me more about your life and he's like oh yeah i finally got my star wars poster signed by mark hamill it's in the garage yeah. she's like <laughs> okay so where are we going to eat <laughs> like that's that's hilarious to me I, I i lost my mind when i heard that that was great like that's i think and like you get and actually you get to see um uh you get to see tyler perry <laughs> In a good yeah. role for him to be, who, by the way, and I, I, I bring this up a lot on this show, he got an Oscar for basically being a good dude. <laughs> and you know why? Because he will never get one for one of his films because they are terrible and they're 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 drivel. But like, I, uh, I watched, and I, I watched get it. Again. I'm racist for saying that, but like, no, like a, I mean, they're horrible movies. Have you seen them? They're a, not a good. Day after, he got an Oscar. <laughs> a, a day before, a, a day before we watching this, I watched the last season of Atlanta where. Uh, Donald Glover, yes. like childish Gambino, so fucking puts on a fucking fat suit to play Tyler Perry, pretty much as this uh, sinister figure named Mister Chocolate, who's just exploiting black people for money, pretty much like <laughs> their stories or whatever, and selling it to fucking selling it to uh, like BET and stuff like that, which is you know how Tyler Perry's studio basically operates. Yep. And uh, so I was watching that, and then I had to watch Tyler Perry really? and just be like a good dude or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but he did get a, get an Oscar for being a good dude for like his charitable yeah. work. Pretty much, and yeah. like that's a real thing that happened a couple years ago. People forget about. It. I'm like, did they just give him an Oscar for being a nice guy? Because I think they did. Anyway, sorry, yeah. Jerry. Please go ahead. No, it's all right. Uh, yeah, so, that Atlanta, that episode of Atlanta is amazing. That's that's an incredible show. That's a. I I I, I, I love Donald Glover. I love his character of childish Gambino. Uh, I I thought the song "This Is America" was one of the most brilliant pieces of art in the last 15 years i mean it was mind-blowing yeah it, it's interesting though that without um without the like the music video is really what makes it brilliant right like just yeah. the song like the song the song goes like it's a good song but like without the music video you lose all the context of the song which right. is kind of a fascinating right. way to have a two-prong because you know they tried to market the music video the music too like, you know, we have it on this and this and this. And it's like, you're missing the context of like his entire dance throughout this, like really being insanely deep and like really. Um, and they, they kind of made fun of that kind of dancing, though, when they had the mm -hmm. uh, praise dancing this uh, like the season of Atlanta, where his dad is played by uh, fucking she that guy. <laughs> uh, no, uh, um, uh, I, I always forget his uh, name. But... That, that act, he's great. I, I I love that act. I can't remember. But they have they have the pra the praise dancing and white face or whatever um when they're in the black church. <laughs> Big Mama looks up is that yeah. Right? Uh, and nobody thinks Tyler Perry movies are good. Well, someone must because people keep watching them. So somebody. They're, I think they're does. I think they're cheap. They're it's just they're, easy they're, to make. They're, they're there. I guess the, it's, yeah. it doesn't have to be good. It just has to be there. Huh? Okay. Well, there you go. It's enough. Uh. Yeah. So anyway, I. I 
again, like I think I think where this movie succeeds is, is the depiction of the media, just how facile and vacuous everything is, which in and of itself is like low hanging fruit. Right. But the way it's it's it, I, there's depth behind in the fact, especially Kate Blanchett, which eh, Blanchett's character, she has clearly she has like an incredible, you know, learned background. And she's as, doing I mean, this as all of these people do, right? Like, right, but like, so does Anderson Cooper, and they have these like, you know, dumb. Yeah. And DiCaprio's character is this, you know, this naive schlub of a scientist that's, yeah. uh, you know, long line of real life characters that are easy to co-opt and buy off. Right. And, He's a rube. Yeah, and that's what she does. That's what they do. But I mean, you know, it's interesting that this is going on simultaneously, though, with the pandemic. And we have kind of Fauci, who had to, you know, right. went along the entire time with Trump's COVID policy, whatever it was, yeah. went along with Reagan's uh, don't mention AIDS, even though everybody's dying of yeah. AIDS policy. Like, yeah, yeah. The, he's the classic, you know, scientist that I mean, he's like, I'm sure he's a good scientist or whatever. But like, he's the classic, you know, go along for the ride kind of uh, National Health Institute, dude. Yeah. Stay at the table. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, like, that that illusion of you know having a position of being able to influence policy by being there, and but what but, you do to get there means it invalidates. Or by being, or by being, and right. they kept using this phrase over and over and over again until it got so. I mean, it got almost uh, ironic, I guess, because these people are all fucking ghouls. But like the adult in the room, you yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah, the media yeah. love to say like, oh well, you know, who's the adult in the room now? Or like yeah, Fauci yeah, yeah, yeah. is the adult in the room, and it's like. Yeah, but like a room full of fucking kids running around and there's one adult in the room. That doesn't mean that they're rounding up the fucking kids. That yeah, that just means that, that means that there's something. Is that, well, and like, and those are the same people that like treated everything Donald Trump as some unique aberration and not the culmination of like 30 years of frame reality. You know? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, he's 30 years of reality uh, stuff with fucking Adderall and Burger King, pretty much. Like, that's, yeah, well, you, you, I mean, look, look, we in hyperdrive, you know, like he's 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 Re he's Reagan uh, if his brain was like melted by drugs and not by uh, <laughs> dementia. He's incredible. I mean, <laughs> one of the biggest grips in history. Yeah, no, and, it, absolutely, and it's working. My, my mom was telling me about. Um, somebody she knew that she shared a studio space with that uh the Trumps paid this girl because my mom worked in the city and had like a jewelry business and i guess there was this girl that was like pretty uh pretty poor that was like trying to make ends meet and did these really beautiful like renaissance paintings um and the Trumps hired her to do their entire ceiling and then lowballed her they're supposed to give her like a thousand bucks and then they just you know they were like two hundred dollars take her leave it or like we're gonna you know badmouth your name all over the city and it's like that's a you know so it's like taking uh someone that's literally spent their life doing that and then putting them in the highest position of power pretty much i mean even though he just kind of got led around by whoever wanted to make a buck that day but like he's i mean yeah <laughs> Like he's, and he'll he's get the, away with everything of all time. Like he's the yeah. oh yeah, there'll be no consequences. Of course, he, he'll get. He, you know, you will see if you see indictments, they'll go nowhere. Yeah. Oh, it's Mueller time. Oh, okay. So all right. Yeah. Sure. And like, well, I mean, America Garland. Now. With, okay. uh, you know, him pointing to Hillary Clinton and going, "If I was president, you'd be in jail." And it's like he knows she's not either. Like you know, but, what but I mean? it does, like, it's but it goes back <laughs> to what Jerry was saying about the pro wrestling, right? Like about like yeah. what he's doing. That's what yeah. And and again, a lot of people and, and going back to the soft complicity of the media, like the fact that they treated like the whole like Trump world thing as a, some unique aberration rather than the direct culmination of decades of confirmation bias and media bubbles that were built up. So people literally never hear another opinion other than what's being uttered by their trusted sources, right. trusted authority. Right. It's like the Lakoff book thing, right? Yep. And, and again, I know it's supposed to be a fun 
show about movies, but I mean, all this stuff <laughs> is, is, is in there because like, because again, they only trust Beltway people, only trust Beltway, other Beltway right. people. And they like talk to Beltway people. So the confirmation bias bubble is just as prevalent there as it is amongst any like Trump rally or like, you know, like an, on the streets with uh, Occupy or something. That's right. McKay is forcing us to talk about this. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think he would actually be happy that those kinds of things are being discussed as well. Like, because again, you don't throw that kind of, you know, media farce in there without expecting that people are going to launch into it. Right. Of course not. I, but again, going back to the fact that like, you know, like what is like our modern politics, if not having like the opposing rallies, the, you know, look up and the don't look up crowds and there's opposing right. rallies and opposing right. concerts. Like Chris Evans character is amazing in this too. Uncredited where he just has like, it's like that, that, uh, press junket and he has like the button that has both directions yeah 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 <laughs> well everybody everybody forgets that that's a real thing that happened in 2020 chris evans set up a website that you could go to and get both sides of any issue it was like and, and he had like this whole press con and it failed miserably and i think he's making fun of himself in this which you know it's good yeah. that he can laugh at himself but he put together this website that he was trying to like get everybody to use he's like this is you know this is a centrist website like it'll tell you the left and the right and it's like neither of those sides are going to believe whatever the fuck you put on this website. Like no, Man. nobody's going to believe the, like, you know what I mean? Like there's no reasonable position to a lot of these things. Like it, you can't explain the reasonable position at least without like, uh, you know, systemically breaking down all of the reasons why yeah. things are happening. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's validity on both sides. We found that out. You know I mean? Here's some Nazis. They want to kill these Jewish guys. And, <laughs> and, and there's oh, yeah. some people that aren't, don't want to kill them. There's both sides. <laughs> Look, look, opinions differ on world shape. I think we can all agree. <laughs> it's, uh, I, could see, I could see that as a New York Times headline. Yeah, I mean, at this point. But like, I mean, it's it's so, I mean, but, but the thing is, it's not, like, it's funny. It's situationally funny, but it's not like uproarious. It's just like, no, that's literally just what would happen. Like, if you ever would, if you would have told me years ago, there, there would be people that like, oh, there's going to be a deadly a virus like a worldwide pandemic and then a bunch of people are going to be like oh no no that's not real i'd be like that's crazy and they would die instantly from that pandemic right. and it's like no no they yes but they still will believe it because they're you know the people that they trust tell them that and right. it's become part of their identity their identity right. is i'm the person that like i don't use pronouns i don't believe yeah. that covid is a big threat like it's it's like all these identitarian things yeah. I love I love I don't use pronouns people because it's like you yeah, just fucking just, did you just motherfucker you just, you just, you just use a pronoun <laughs> I is a pronoun yeah <laughs> amazing my and my god told me that I don't have to use pronouns <laughs> it's all so stupid and vile it is unbelievable but I think so where I think this movie succeeds uh is that just Again, celebrating the stupid is something that anybody could have predicted, and uh, certainly Devo uh, predicted it uh, for for years and years. But like the banality of it, like oh, yeah. like this, just just how like mundane the apocalypse would be. Yeah. Like that's something that's like, oh, I thought it'd be more interesting. <laughs> and we right. did a whole month of these these apocalypse movies, right? And right. like that's something that I keep harping back on. It's like, oh yeah, like in some of these, it's like, no, this is very like. This, this is more like real of like how it actually would be rather than like, oh, I get to run around my Mad Max car and like shoot guns at like, you know, the rival skeleton crew or whatever. 
Right. I mean, uh, but like breaking down like the timeline of it, right? Like it's going to happen over decades, like the climate crisis. Right. You know what I mean? That's like right. the, yeah. the banality is going to be like this times a hundred. Like, you know, maybe like, oh, well, there, was another, there was another earthquake, like, you know, yeah. another million people died. Like, uh, you know, there's another, this happened, like, oh, more stuff is happening. And it's going to be a the same kind of drip of information, but like terrifying information over the course of decades and everyone's and there's going to be a, a significant portion of people that are just like oh well that's that's just you know not that's not you know this happening and it's like at some point you're going to acknowledge it and then we get like eco-fascism we get like uh you know the the, the republican party being the uh, let's close off the borders and make sure that you know haitians that just had their fucking you know uh city flooded can't come here like that's that's the ultimate what you're what you're missing in the classic Mad Max movies is someone with a mask going, "Where did you get that information from?" <laughs> <laughs> now, that would be funny. That's if you want to like do a sequel to this and have like Jonah Hill like be like you know running around like Mad Max style and like. That, that <laughs> oh, you heard it from you heard it from that wall. That wall is far too partisan. Because for me, anyone talking through a mask always funny. When I, I'm not talking about like through like a COVID mask, but like like through like a big plastic hockey mask or something. I'm just like, no, I heard otherwise. You know, like that's inherently funny to me. I don't know why. It's it's too many I am going to do my own research. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like, <laughs> and meanwhile, the guy is like his his arms atrophying off or whatever. And, yeah. We we give too many ideas away for free on this. Uh, <laughs> But I, th yeah, like, okay. So, but getting getting back to this film, and 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 so, what? Do we, how do we feel about like? Oh, I have I have a I have a direction to take this. Um, okay, go ahead. There's a there's a clip that I'm gonna play with talking about the Ariana Grande part, and I'm curious to hear <laughs> you guys' thoughts on on that. I have thoughts on uh, it, like this movie is spectacle, and the spectacle they're kind of creating is kind of the uh thing that they're doing at the end of the movie that ultimately proves the most unsuccessful, which is like the huge concert that everyone's supposed to just look up. And it's like that kind of feels futile to me, but like I, I don't know. So there's, there's but but isn't the futility of it like a typical liberal action? Like the utter like just like oh for sure. Okay, I'm just so saying this, this movie <laughs> this movie functions in the same way. Like it's, it's yeah, uh, yeah 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 yeah. I get it. Go ahead. <laughs> Ariana, in many ways, the character of Riley really highlights kind of the absurd elements of culture and social media. Um, what interested you in playing her and kind of was it fun to sort of get to poke fun at that? Yeah, it was it was so fun to play a tiny part of this amazing, incredible story. And I don't even know how I ended up here in this Zoom, in this cast, in this. I have no idea, but I'm so thankful. And it was really fun to sort of poke fun and hold up a mirror and be like, Hello. Does anyone want to acknowledge how stupid we're all <laughs> we're all being right now? And you know, I feel like it's such a a real thing, you know, to be, you know. But she comes around. Riley comes around. She realizes. She does. She's great. Find her a little bit. Vroom, yeah. Room, 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 room. Army. That's a real thing, you know. Like I've been a pop star for a long time, so to be able to poke fun at some of the like ridiculousness that is re so <laughs> real. <laughs> in this world and in what comes with it is it was really fun and exciting yeah no i absolutely love her not just because her name is riley but um i just i think she's the best and and you also wrote and performed the song just look up for the film was that part of a package deal from the beginning or did that sort of happen organically that yeah that was um such an exciting part of it. I met Nicholas Bertel, who is so incredible. I am obsessed oh. with the whole score. 
like the whole score is so brilliant. And I love how he sort of pairs these lush orchestral strings with these bells and futuristic sounds. I was like, are you using Omnisphere for this? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, you're the coolest person in the world. That's so cool. <laughs> I, I love him. I feel like we're so simpatico sonically. I loved working with him and um, he sent me into the booth to try a melody pass. And that ended up being the pass that we wrote the lyrics to. And Tara Stinson and Kid Cudi is amazing. I love his verse on it. It feels like, um, like it could be like a real song. I was like, wait, if this doesn't end up getting- Oh, it's a, it's a real song. It's a real song. Yeah, it was so cool. Can I ask you a question? What's a melody pass? So a melody, I love you so much, right? <laughs> okay, hi. I'm sorry, I'm just, I have no idea what it is. A melody pass is when you go into the booth and just kind of like try top line melodies. It's like what ends up becoming the main top line of the song, I guess. Just so, know you've been interviewed by Jack and Bree right now. So can you see? <laughs> What's like, the melody pass? Let's hear a little bit of it. <laughs> How can I write one? Sounds like fun, yeah. <laughs> it's super easy, just, you know, you got the chords and then you go in and just sing what sounds like it could belong. And then, yeah. I By thought he way, was gonna- Ariana improvised one of my favorite moments in the entire movie, which is where she's singing her song. And when she met with Bertel, she started improvising this beat of singing, of course, beautifully, because Ariana has a crazy, crazy voice. The moment where she sings, we're all gonna die. Wake <laughs> is every time we were only able to test the movie a couple times because of COVID. But every time when that moment would happen, I would be like, oh my God, we have the biggest pop star, the biggest singer in the world. <laughs> singing beautifully to the world that we're all going to die and just <laughs> laugh. It was incredible. See, I think that works as a very Devo moment, but I wanted to basically chew off my own arm listening to her talk about a melody pass personally, but that's just me. Jerry, how do you feel about that? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm, my, mind, my mind reels, you know? Um, yeah, it's a lot, right? Uh, I was I was more uh, I ended up clipping that because of talking about the we're all gonna die line and that, that that's the part I like that's the and yeah. that's the part where it's like, okay that's good that's good but like yeah like here, and hearing I love the way she's talking about it like a pinhead it's fantastic <laughs> yeah and like, hearing it described to like non musical celebrities as, and everyone's like oh we're getting really getting the scoop here it's like oh my god, <laughs> oh, my god. you really aren't. Anyway, um. you know, gentlemen, I'm going to have to go because I have a six week old daughter and, and I have to uh, do daddy duty. I was going to I was going to say we I was not I was not looking at the time here. Uh, do you have Jerry, do you have time to stick around just for the letterbox one liners? It's a pretty quick, pretty quick bit. That we uh, here. Maybe if I run and get a battery pack and stick stick it in my I, I'm about to lose. Uh, I'm about to lose you the battery here. Okay, well, just hang, hang up another fight. This is, you don't have to be on camera for this. This is just a bit we do. Okay. This is the let, the letterbox one-liners. Letterbox, of course, is a place for film. It's a place for film lovers talk out within to each other, a bottom-up democracy where everybody gets to have their say, not just Siskel's and Eberts of the world. This is something where everyone gets to talk about the movies they love, the movies that they didn't love, the movies that they were surprised that Tyler Perry was in. And of course, mm -hmm. all of this best expressed in the classic one-liner format. 
uh, working their tight five in front of the brick wall. These are the letterbox one liner for don't look up. Lady Coast was honest, and I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thoughtful person. It's good. It's a good one. Yeah. That's I like I like when she's just in the when he's when he freaks out and she's like, Why'd you have to do that? Like I I I like like I was having fun. Why why'd you have to spoil it? And then she's like He's like, are you still there? And she's like, nope. And gets out of the fucking car. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. More ways than one. <laughs> Do y'all just hate the truth? Because this is exactly what would happen if this was a real scenario. Crying emoji. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably less entertaining, but I agree. <laughs> and they're definitely and less, less fast. Like it wouldn't yeah. have six. Like oh, we'd it'd have, be torturously like, slow. Yeah. 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 Like even a comment. Like I feel like we'd find out about it like years in advance and still not get our shit together to. Fix it, well, guys. Here's... Guys, this comment is seriously stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's big. It takes a worried man energy for me. But yeah, I, I <laughs> imagine showing this to a pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. I think they'd have more than just like dealing with the the actual content of the movie. They'd be more fascinated. Like, how how does thine screen that's thine flat worketh yeah. such a way? Yes, how, they, how does they, 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 uh, you know their Puritan asses would fucking decide that uh, the comet was going to hit. They take it seriously. Decide the comet was going to hit because they landed on a rock. They're like, oh man, we caused this, didn't we? And then they burn you at the stake. Yeah. Exactly. For having for having a, a magic movie device. No, yeah, for being a witch. Exactly. That's 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 why I was going with it. So, I had visions. I think we should bring the pilgrims back as a televangel televangelist group, like the pilgrims, and they even even give them the hats. Have <laughs> <laughs> give the show. Like, I'll only take I'll only take your uh, hellfire and brimstone bullshit seriously if you wear this pilgrim outfit. Right. Take the hat, if you take the hat off, it's over. I'm not I'm not gonna yeah. take you seriously. No, no, you need more buckles on your outfit. <laughs> kind of like, like industrial music. Kind of like Mickey Mouse ears, except on this show you get the hat. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, giving away ideas for free. Seriously though, why did that general charge Jennifer Lawrence for the free snacks? I I think that was one of the first things that I cracked up at. And the, 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 she kept going back to it, going, "The snacks were free, but he <laughs> I love it. I think it's a great moment. Uh, yeah, it's, like it's like the Coke machine in in Strange Love. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a similar beat for sure. <laughs> meow, me likey hunky star man. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like I really like uh, everybody yeah. reacting to the fact that fucking like uh, commentating towards us, we're all gonna die with just like. Yeah, I'm horny. I'm horny right now. I saw that yeah. astronomer and I got fucking rock hard for that astronomer. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hottest Meryl Streep has looked since 2010. And it says sexy Trump. <laughs> 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 and hashtag boobies, by the way, as well. So that's, that's, that's Stanley there. Who else gets turned on at the fact that we're all going to die? That's exactly what you were just talking about right there. That's I mean, <laughs> he, Leo didn't need to see Alice anymore, apparently. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's 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 a thing. <laughs> Calling this a satire would mean it's an exaggeration. True, true, yeah. <laughs> no lies detected. Yeah, and that's, just that's as much just uh, true thing said. Yeah, just as much meaningless information thrown at you. It's all overstuffed. 
<laughs> Watch on acid. I do not recommend this. I'm always on social media, just like guys. No, you gotta you gotta watch happy movies on acid. You know, you, you don't want to watch weird movies on acid. Yeah, th- th- those are letterbox one liners for don't look up. I, I insisted that one be last. By the way, I did that one. I was like, that's the winner right there. Uh, those are letterbox one liners for don't look up. Please follow the show on uh, on letterbox. That's moving extravaganza. DJ Shell over there. I am Conan Media Training Neutron at Conan Neutron. I'm on letterbox watching all the high brow and mid tier stuff uh, for you. And then impeach Clarence Thomas over there watching all the weirdest stuff so you don't have to, or maybe so you can. I don't know. You know, who yeah, might, who I, I found a few gems. There, there, there's some out there. I, you 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 do do the you do the work, my friend. You do the work for all the, all the weirdest <laughs> films. Uh, do we want to? Uh, the plugs are never are never short. I was gonna say, can we do a short version of the plugs and then get out? Or I don't know. What do you think? I mean, uh, if Jerry, I has have... to, if Jerry has to has to get off. You, you have to bail, right, Jerry? I do. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you well, so much for so being much on the show. On. Yeah. Yes, do you have any you. final thoughts on this film or uh, <laughs> the evolution in general? Oh, I'm glad it got made. I am. That's a good you know, thing. That's that's what's important is that McKay somehow has the um, you know the hood spot to get a film like this made. I mean, and maybe it's the thing that breaks the dam, right? Like maybe other climate change movies maybe. that uh, you know have a different impact will come out of this movie getting made. I mean, you know. Remember that yeah. day after tomorrow movie? Oof. Woof. Yep. <laughs> and the other the other one was like uh 2012 or whatever that was like the uh, yeah, yeah. like, also bad. Also like climate change and the Mayan apocalypse. Oh no. Great. <laughs> but uh, uh yeah, thanks so much for being on. It's uh, a pleasure to have you on for the especially yeah. for, for, for last episode of the season and of the year. And uh yeah, we're gonna yeah. get to the invisible man EP and the plugs and all that. You don't need to be around right. for it. You know, you know all about it. Uh thank you so much, Jerry, and thank you for thank what you. you have done. Thank you guys. Nice to talk. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. There he goes. Gary right. Cassano. Oh, I said a protonic thing. Whoops, my bad. That's not the show. Um, <laughs> but he did go, and I, I did say it. Uh, Andrew, impeach Clarence Thomas. Please take us away with the plugs so we can get out of here. Yeah. Well, right now you're watching us on YouTube. Do the YouTube things. Like, comment, subscribe. Hit that bell. And uh, most importantly, watch the video to the end to help other movie fans find our great content because we want them to see this interview. Uh, I'd like to yeah, see this escape- interview. <laughs> I was gonna say you kept dropping in and out. I wasn't gonna mention on air. I got to make oh, a good joke no, where I said, uh, "I got yeah. to make a good joke where I said, oh, I guess Clarence Thomas finally got him." Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Timely. Yes, uh, but you know, follow us on the social medias. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Mastodon. Uh, not on Truth Social because Trump doesn't like me. Um, but mm-hmm. but uh, apparently, uh, neither, you can't... neither does Elon Musk. You're fucking shadow man no. on Twitter. Yes. Well, you know, I've been trolling him a bit, so so I had it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, he's he's that's gonna skinned, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, you know, please check us out. We are on multiple, uh, if uh, there's a social media site out there that you think we should be on that we're not, um, let us know and we'll 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 look into it. Kindly fuck off and leave us alone. Send us a super <laughs> chat, <laughs> yeah, we will only read if it's a super chat, which we haven't even put up, yes, um. Yeah, we do have a Patreon, which, which uh, we are on, and it's easy to find. Uh, and uh, the great thing about doing that is that really does help us make the show, uh, and it, it uh, uh, gives you a chance to watch all of our after parties that we've worked so hard on goofing around it. 
patreon.com slash movie night extra. There you it go. It takes a lot of work to goof off this hard, folks. It really does. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I, have a, I have a cramped hand from, uh, well, no, I have a cramped hand from uh, editing last night, that whole <laughs> fucking thing together. Editing. It was uh, it was a lot of, yeah. Well, I the, you know, cramped hand, it was already cramped, but I cramped it more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. No, I, I'm going to edit later. But uh, anyways, <laughs> Conan, uh, Protonic Reversal this week. Uh, yeah, um, got a thing. I don't know if it's happening tomorrow or not, but the best of uh, 2022 episode is going to be up in the general feeds tomorrow. Uh, so there may or may not be one. Uh, a new one, I haven't decided yet. Pretty cool, right? Uh, oh wait it'd be thursday anyway because it's tuesday never mind but you did um, did the last night thing and you're like these are my favorite songs of the year like you know the year's end fuck off (laughs) yeah if you don't like them go take a flying fork and a rolling donut people uh but you you can get that now the list which is all anyone really pays attention to anyway is uh gonna go up tomorrow and all the, the normal social media stuff that you're on probably not true social (laughs) <laughs> well looking forward to that because uh i'm curious you know what made the list yeah there's a lot of a lot i i kind of sometimes i doubt whether or not that kind of thing makes sense but i've heard i hear a lot later on from people about how they find new music that they really like because of it so that that keeps me going and doing it because there's a lot of work frankly yeah you know, actually, yeah actually you know what's a lot of work digging ditches i'm making a list of records i like it's fucking easy what am i talking about <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're working hard in the content mines. Oh, yeah, oh, I got yeah. a cramp from uh, from looking, listening to all these records. Yeah, it's... yeah. No, I, I mean, I know, like, like one thing, like it's kind of stressful. Is, like Jerry, Jerry's uh, Invisible Man EP is on, is on that list, by the way. It's a great. That's a it's a great tune. I know we'll get to his plugs, but it's it's got a bunch of remixes and stuff. Like it's an easy listening version of it, like which the mm-hmm. which is an old Devo thing that they did. There's a uh, um, yeah, we'll get to that in his plugs, but. Um, yeah. I, uh, I watched the music video that he did today. It's great. Where, yeah. It was a good music. It was funny. I like the penis hat guy. Was... Yeah. <laughs> Forrest can, Forrest can finally drop the like done touring until the Chicago show. Cause that's on Friday for Conan Neutron, the secret friends. So if you live in Chicago, come see Conan Neutron, secret friends at Reggie's Kenzo will not be there. Or <laughs> 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 from today. Just, uh, just to update everybody. Yeah. But but Ravana, Ravana yeah. probably will. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yes, um, and of course you know uh, Bandcamp uh, dot uh, neutronfriends dot com. Wait, neutronfriends dot bandcamp dot band dot camp dot <laughs> <laughs> friends neutron. Clap clap emoji. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So neutronfriends dot bandcamp dot com. Uh, you know, to uh, get um, uh, dangerous nomenclature or any of the other albums you might have missed. Yeah, you, you can, if you if you're buying digital too, there's like a you can get the whole Magilla for like twenty five bucks. It's like everything we've ever done. That's a good deal. Yeah. You guys want to start a band it. called uh, Pokemon Go to the Polls? We're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna do any music. I just want like the announcer to be like Pokemon Go to the Polls, like you know, whatever we're supposed to get on stage. We'll book a bunch of shows, never show up, but. We'll have people record that for high me. concept, yeah. <laughs> it'll, yeah. It'll be a great joke for the people that get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, be... Devo, Devo can't have all the fun with you know coming up with uh high concept stuff, like exactly. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the game too. And by that game, I mean, uh, by, um, I, by that game, I mean uh, Pokemon Go, 
Yeah, <laughs> which is which is the only game Forrest plays. Exactly. He he yeah. caught a Charizard while we were streaming tonight. It was it was uh you should have seen the chat people. It was it was uh <laughs> it was sitting right on my fucking laptop. Who who would have known? Yes. Uh, well, I know Christina's not here, but I'm going to tell you: go buy her coffee. Go to co- uh, coffee. Uh, Kofi Annan. Kofi Dot Yeah, no, it's, it's go to that. Co dash five k o f i dot com slash cosmopolitics, and, and uh, you know, buy her coffee. It's really great. Help her out. Buy her coffee. And, and you know she's probably you know streaming against us anyway, so. Yeah, maybe she'll be in this show again someday. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? And, uh, you know, even though Jerry has left, uh, you know, definitely check out his music. If you've never checked it out before, why are you watching? No, you should be watching it. But then once we're done, you know, check out his music. Because uh, uh, just don't uh, just don't say any of the lyrics on Twitter at Tim Pool because yeah, apparently they will, not. Man. They'll take you yeah. down. Uh, Gerald like God, like God, they will strike you down. <laughs> GeraldVCasali.com gets you to all the latest stuff. Uh, you can see the Invisible Man video. You can get um, the re-released G.I. Jerry stuff um, remastered and it has a I'm going to pay you back single in it and stuff. It's a, it's a bunch of stuff. You get like pins and things. It's a whole uh, merchandise extravaganza. Yeah, and their merchandise is like uh, otherworldly at times, mm-hmm. which is what I love about uh, Merchandise extravaganza. So yeah, go check that out, everybody. And uh, yeah, find me in New York. I'll be there in January. Just just look around the city of New York, and maybe you'll find him. It's like Waldo. I thought you said said fight me. Just fight me in New York. If you see me in New York, (laughs) come find me. I will literally fight you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've had it, people. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the city that whole weekend. I guess I'm gonna go see uh, Book of Mormon, and then I think I'm gonna film. Give them revolution like the the live show, I guess. Yeah, but, I'm um, thinking of hitting the uh, poster museum, which I didn't know existed. Right, you're thinking of hitting all comers if you're going to fight anybody in New York. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. Uh, I'm going to be fighting people, go to see posters. It's like a five second old bit. Nobody, okay. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're going to be you're going to be there for that weekend. So everybody go to New York to fight you. Got it. Yes. Uh, yeah. My child will be singing Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Yep. We, we've been practicing. Um, so it's good. Yeah. Comer. Rick Perry, watch him. He's a comer. Rick Perry, watch him. He's a comer. <laughs> I'd rather not. It's a hard pass for me, dog. Well, not my vibes. <laughs> yeah, especially in the uh, uh, the Brokeback Mountain jacket. Especially now, if your hands already uh, your hands already cramped. <laughs> Is that it? Is there anything else there? I hope so. At this point, <laughs> it's gonna say, it's gonna say, that that's like the, the like the sum totality of your airtime. So there you go. Yeah, I know. Somebody uh, oh. pitch in to buy Andy a new internet. Apparently, all right, buy yeah. Andy. No. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Yeah, no, no. It's like, oh no, now it's working fine. Yeah, yeah now it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now that the luminary's gone and, and you can't interact with them, it's great. Oh man, yeah, yeah I, I am frustrated about that. But like, like I've literally was like, uh, uh, you know, uh, I reset it before we started. You know, the first time, and 
All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's move on to uh, final thoughts over here. Uh, Conan Neutron, you like this movie? I do. I, I like it a lot. Uh, and it's supposed to be overwhelming, and it is overwhelming. And I think that a lot of people got really pissed at it. Uh, situationally, I think it with more distance, it does make sense. It's is it too long? Yeah, is there too much in it? Yes, but again, that's part of the point of the movie, and that's one of the reasons why I like it. I don't expect everyone to agree with me, but I think it is not perfect, but I think it's a very good movie, and I think it's it, it got a reputation for being a very bad movie unnecessarily, and, and I think that that's too bad. Uh, and I think that a lot and, of people... uh, and accidentally, I mean, no, but like, you know, it, it wasn't written to be, uh, to come out during COVID. Like the, he yeah. wrote the script in Ireland before any, you know, a single person had even like, there were scouting locations for the movie when COVID hit and the script was done. And yeah. I, I have to wonder if the reception would have been more positive. Um, I mean, uh, who knows how many people would have sat down and actually, you know, watched the two hours and 18 minutes. Like it, it obviously hit at a time when everyone's kind of more inside, but like, uh, I feel like the the COVID crisis kind of makes it feel really, really, really timely in a way that this movie, I don't know if it benefits from. Um, yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of people describe it as a, a dumb movie. I don't think it's a dumb movie at all. I think it's a, a, if it is, it's a very smart, dumb movie, or it could be a kind of dumb, smart movie at the same time. And when it is dumb, it's because it's trying to do too many things at once. Uh, but again, that's that's also the kind of the point of it. The, the overwhelming nature of it is that it's supposed to be overwhelming. We live in nuanceless times, and you can be pissed about that if you want. You can feel condescended to if you want. You can just be mad that it exists and that people think that they're doing something. You, you have to understand maybe you're not the audience for it. And that's I, okay. I, I that doesn't mean it's bad art. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone say it's a dumb movie. I have seen uh, I have a lot seen of people. I have, I've seen a lot of people feel like they respond that they were being condescended to, though. Um, I, I mean, I don't agree, but I'm like, you know, it's uh, yeah. It's, people have a really exaggerated sense of importance. Yes, but it is also that, that's something that to, our culture uh, has engendered. It's hard to take on the elite, uh, which is what this movie does. I mean, successfully, but like, it's hard to parody and take on the elite when you know, like Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio are you like are you stars in Meryl Streep? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I do get that part of it, but uh. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. but I, I literally heard people say this is like the the Gal Gadot Imagine video, but two hours and 19 minutes long. And that's fucking stupid. And you're yeah, an idiot not... if you say that. Kisses. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, but I get it. It's not for everyone. That's fine. Uh, I, I really like it. Is it a bummer? Yeah. Is it hilarious? Yes. Is it inconsistent? Also, yes. But it's, it's supposed to be a lot. And uh, I... It was, it's interesting to watch a star rise so quickly and then fall so that like it basically wasn't even in contention for the Oscars in any way, shape or form. Whereas when it came, like the first couple of days it came out, people were like picture of the year and like, you know, best director and this and that. And like it, I've never seen people turn on a movie so quickly. And, but it's also like online spaces. I mean, like I saw a lot of normies that watch this on Facebook or whatever. And you know, sure. that's, it depends that's, who your uh, friend group is. If, yeah. if you got, if you're a super online person, like, you know, chances are, like, you've heard more negative things about this than anything else. Chances are, like, you know, it's not for you. But again, people have an addiction to, like, I get putting themselves into something so much that they think it's failed art if it doesn't directly speak to them. And this is, it's not true. And, and again, part, part of it, part of what I like about it is that having that reaction is part of the art. Yeah. And that's what makes it successful art to me, even though I don't I think mean, it's, I, like, I, a perfect I think movie. that. 
I think that part of the frustration, though, is like, uh, you know, as, as someone that's tuned into all this stuff, as someone that understands the climate change and like has, you know, known about it for as long as at least, you know, Al Gore has been talking about it. Like, um, I was pretty young when my dad took me to see an inconvenient truth. And like, we've talked about how the, how he's like a green architect and stuff. And like, so I've had that hammered into me a lot. The the scream of futility that comes from this, right? Like the scream of despair. Um, People it, don't want to see it. It, it, well, like, it, it could be it could be extremely frustrating to already yeah. feel that and then see a movie do that and then you feel seen by it but at the same time it's like okay but like what the fuck do we do about that i know that's not adam i mean adam mckay's job to come up with something but i i do feel like uh part of the negative reaction is like uh people that people that already agree with adam mckay saying like yeah so what which i don't think is his intention i think it's to simplify this issue down in a way that might make you know normal people uh respond to it and and I think that, you know, in trying to do too much, he might have spoken too much to people like him, like, you know, like people that are super tuned into stuff. But like, um, I, I don't think that that was the intention. I don't think like, you know, the online left having a movie that speaks to them or something is the intention of this movie whatsoever, or they wouldn't have made such a big movie with such a big budget and all the stars. All right. So those are your final thoughts, Andy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I I love those opening credits and the closing credits, uh, like like just the way they played around with the fonts, um, uh, to, to that really great jazz music. It, it was a really nice throwback to uh, uh, like uh, Blue Note Records, and um, I know it's a really weird thing that I did not get to mention at all throughout this uh, uh, my internet issues. So so I just wanted to bring that up right now because uh, I really love that, and it's just like a nice little touch, but. Uh, Nicholas all, all. Nicholas Breitel is a very talented composer too. He did the uh, the Secession theme, which apparently I listened to for more than two hundred hours, and it was on my. <laughs> <laughs> I think I fell asleep listening to it once, and more than once. Yeah, more than once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, no, it's uh, but but this was this is uh, yeah, it's 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 a hot mess of a movie, but it is a really good hot mess, um, and, and a hot mess that's worth your time. Uh, so so. Uh, I think I think it's definitely worth uh, you know uh, giving a second chance. It really was better the second time I watched it. Um, there's more I, there's more wheat than chaff or whatever the fucking expression is. Like uh, right. if you're if you're trying to separate good from bad in this, I think there's definitely more. Yeah, yeah, and, and like I said, it, it's not perfect, and and uh, I think this movie's going to age well. Like uh, because like I said, I, I mean I don't know if y'all read the uh, that uh, article I sent uh, of the uh, uh, review of. Uh, um, uh dr strange love yeah dr strange love um where it was just like uh you know like i said they they they, they praised like the filmmaking the acting the performances and then like once they got to the story they they ripped it apart uh which which i should be clear i have i haven't seen reviews where people are you know this movie is technically no one can dispute the fact that it's technically a great production you know what i mean like yeah uh whatever whatever you know whatever people want to say about how it made them feel which is really what they're commenting on yeah, and, and I think the thing is that some of the people who don't like it is because it makes them feel bad because they should feel bad. You know, yeah, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should do something about that yourself. Fix yourself. Out of out of uh, morbid curiosity, I watched some of the like conservative responses to this, and there, there was no there was no there there like they did not have like it was all like oh well it's well acted well whatever and then they're like but capitalism is, isn't the problem and it's like motherfucker like that's what you're taking from this this is your negative review like capitalism's fine it's like yeah whatever just fuck off 
But yeah, I, I think if you're mad at it, maybe, maybe you should ask yourself why you're mad. And, uh, you know, uh, that's probably a problem. That's a you problem and not a problem with the film. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'll just say we're all going to die. <laughs>